Hey, you have all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting asleep, falling asleep. Well, welcome. You know, I, I hope this is the right place for you. I think it, it may be. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Well, we do it with a bedtime story. All you gotta do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm gonna do the rest. What, what I'm gonna do is uh, create a safe place with... Uh, what I'm going to do, my goal here is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain, whatever's racing, chattering, whatever is keeping you from falling asleep. Uh, I'm going to try to distract you from that. And you're going to listen to my story. It's uh, trending Twitter Tuesdays tonight. And you just listen to it. And, 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 and uh, I'll get to a more, you know, boring, twisty metaphor in a second, but... You know, you just listen to me instead of listening to whatever's chattering in your brain. Uh, according to something I heard is that you can't think of two things at once. So if you're listening to the story and imagining, well, I guess you can't imagine. If you're just listening, you know, you say, well, I'd rather just listen to this guy talk about his little story here instead of listening to you, critic, or whatever is going through your brain. And, but my story won't be so hyper-engaging that you'll be, like, locked in. You'll be like, you'll stop listening. This is the safe place. Stop listening to whatever's running through your brain. Listen to me, but don't listen that hard. This isn't the podcast for developing your listening skills. It'll be like, oh, i got to polish up. That would be the part of you that's keeping you awake, saying, hey, you got to work on those uh, listening skills, jackass. No, no, listen, the listening skill, this is a passive listening podcast, you know, go flies in the face of all listening research. Right now, in a Swedish university somewhere, uh, listening researchers are screaming in pain because I'm telling you that tonight it's okay to passively listen. And no, no active listening skills, no active listening, you know, tools. You just passively kind of listen. Not even, I'm not even... Oh boy! Now these researchers—they may be defrenestrating each other because, the, like, you don't even have to give me a, a whole, no whole brain listening, no whole heart listening, just a, p- a tiny portion. Just listen to me enough so you don't listen to anything else in your brain. That's it. And don't grab, you know, just say, "Well, I don't know." This guy's—he's talking about listening forever. Uh, maybe I'll just—maybe li- I won't even listen to the words. Maybe I'll pretend he's speaking in a. Because he does have trouble with the English language, so maybe I'll pretend his words aren't even connected. Because sometimes it feels like they aren't uh, connected to one another in the sentences I find so comforting in paragraphs with topic sentences. This podcast has no topic sentences. It has no, uh, you know, any of that stuff, uh, constructs of normalcy and sensibility, as I've said before. Uh, we carry you off on the wings of pointlessness here. So hop on board. Hop on board. Hop on board. I'm a giant uh, bed-like bird, bed bird, they call me. That's my nickname. And I'm down on, uh, I was a cast off of Sesame Street, old bed bird. Climb on my back. It's a bed, like bed-like because I have special bed-like feathers. Believe it or not, I'm not made of down, but... You know, hop on. I'm going to fly off in the most soothing, lulling, dulling, and uh, meandering way possible. And that's it. You listen, drift off into dreamland. If for some reason you can't sleep, hopefully my story will be mildly amusing, mildly entertaining, uh, strange, unexpected, and absurd uh, enough to, like, make you just feel a little bit less alone. A little bit less hopeless. I don't know. I know what I feel like when I can't sleep. And and I just like, uh, that's a fight I'm fighting against. The past that doesn't exist anymore of my sleepless nights. Uh, but but that fighting that fight is what my, you know, sleepless brain tells me. Oh, you got to fix the past. Well, wait a second. I don't think I can. I like, well, what if I, what if I just help these other people fall asleep? I seem, you know, what has failed me being entertaining and gripping has failed me in the past has suddenly become assets in this strange world that is not a dream but does not make sense like reality is supposed to. I don't know, something like that. Well, you said I'm not a poet. I'm a low, 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 something, uh, you know, something that's like a poet, but uh, 
you know, I don't, I don't do iambic pentameter or you know, diambic, riambic. You know, I just say words like that sometimes. So that's it. I hope I help you fall asleep. I'm glad you're here. You know, if it's your first time here, give the podcast a couple of tries. If it doesn't work for you, I'm sorry. I hope you find something that helps. And, you know, email me. I could try to, you know, I, I know a lot of, uh, there's a lot of audiobooks and stuff. I'll help you track, I'll try to help you track something down. Otherwise, you can find us on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Uh, if you need to email me, that's feedback at sleepwithmepodcast.com. On Twitter's at Dearest Scooter. Good place to get a hold of me is Twitter, Facebook, uh, you know, Sleep With Me Podcast, I think. Uh, you can find it. We got backup you know, episodes you can listen on YouTube. You can stream them on the website. But ideally, you just get to subscribe in iTunes or your podcatcher. They'll get delivered right to you. They'll just come to your phone or, you know, automatically, as I like to say, quote the people that know what they're doing on the Internet, on the backbone of the Internet or the midbone, the tailbone, the people that connect the uh the UI to the the IT, they they put the uh, something in the something. You know what am I doing? I'm I'm grasping at straws here. Hopefully you're already asleep. Uh, Try to sleep with me. Um, oh, if you if you want to help help the podcast, I say hey, actually I like this podcast. Now you know kind of like that neighbor that's kind of strange that I liked sometimes too. Uh, you know, if you want to help the podcast out, just uh, spread the word. Let somebody else know. We were calling it the One Lister Initiative. Now I'm calling it a Keep Up the Good Work Initiative. Just tell somebody, say, hey, I like this podcast. I noticed, you know, you can't, you were saying you can't sleep and you like podcasts. Or here's what a podcast is. Here's how you listen to it. Try try this podcast out. You know, maybe it'll help you sleep. Maybe it won't. Uh, but, but, you know, it, it's worth a shot. It worked for me. That's that's the best thing you can do for this podcast. You, you'll be helping the podcast. You might be helping somebody out. The odds of you making an enemy or having someone get irritated at you, uh, low. They'll probably get, they, there's a percentage of people that get irritated with me. So, geez, but, but even those people, you know, they're like, well, you know, they just shut it off. So thank you for being here, and I hope I help you fall asleep. This is a summary. That took me about 10 minutes to get to. So, all right, good night. All right, thank yous. I want to thank everybody that showed up for a random Periscope session on Sunday. I rewatched Game of Thrones. Unfortunately, good news, bad news. Uh, Good news is we did Periscope. I have a, a, a basic grasp of using it. I think I'll prove it next time. Bad news is I so I did it Sunday because I just watched Game of Thrones like twice in a row because I couldn't. Tonight I knew it would be tough to do the rewatch. And then tomorrow night I got blown out of the water, I think. Now, that being said, probably going to have to watch Game of Thrones three times. Not a bad thing. But so I'm definitely going to keep this up because it was fun. Uh, It's like a little clubhouse. I'm not going to shout out to anybody that was there. Um, It did not get recorded. The next time maybe I'll record. Maybe I won't. You guys let me know. You say, hey, is this one, you know, is this like a ephemeral thing? Like you're either there or you're not. But I don't want to be exclusive. Uh, Periscope, what is it? Some kind of app. Uh, I use my old iPhone and it records me. I had no idea what I was doing. I was totally flying by the seat of my pants. And um, I, but we'll see how it goes. I was so next time I rewatch Game of Thrones for this week, this upcoming week, Sunday it comes out. So I'll watch it on Sunday, and then maybe depending on how early I start watching, maybe I'll rewatch it again right away and do a live rewatch. Uh, unfortunately, it's not really fair to people on the East Coast unless I can start it early. But then, of course, you you know, if you're like me, you're like, well, I want to watch Silicon Valley, you know, and then go to bed so I get a decent night's sleep. What kind of hypocrite has a sleep podcast and expects us to stay up past our bedtime? So this is, but this is a test. You got, you, I mean, I'm pretty good at following through on stuff that works for this podcast. So if this Periscope thing works, 
and you guys enjoy it. I think everybody that was there had fun. There was only there was a. It said there was three hundred people there. There wasn't, uh, but we had fun. Uh, trouble. It was a learning experience, but I don't know. Uh, but you know that way, if you don't, if we don't get to hang out in. Uh, so I don't know. It's an app. I think you watch over the web too. I don't know how you get alerted. I don't really know how it works to be honest. Uh, so I'm I'm figuring it out. Uh, so yeah, we'll figure it out as we go along. But paris I'll be periscoping. Periscope would be going up <laughs> uh, uh, Sunday next week. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I can't be sure. That's the other thing. But we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll wear. We'll, We'll figure it out. Uh, also, Meetup Live non-Periscope is coming up at the end of the month. I got an RSVP from one, the one, the only, Silvertone will be there. And I even tried to talk him out of it because, uh, you know, I said, well, Silvertone, maybe you should wait till I, you know, get this, you know, figure out I know what I'm doing, how, how to meet up with people because that runs, you know, for me, that's counterintuitive. He said, oh, buddy. Uh, he said, Boo-ba-doo-ba-shoo-ba-ba-ka-da-boo-da. And I said, I'm sorry, is that jazz for you? Looking forward to going. And he says, Actually, he didn't do any of that. That was me. But anyway, um, so let me know if you guys are coming to meet up. Let me know if the meetup is Sunday, uh, April 20, uh, was it two weeks from today, four, like 26, 27. This is Sunday, last Sunday of the month, Treasure Island Flea Market. I have a meeting point. They wouldn't give us a discount because they were like, it's only three bucks to get in. What's wrong with you asking for a discount? But they did say, well, you can meet at this statue. So uh, let me know so I can forward that information or put it on the website. Uh, let me get the rest of these thank yous. Twitter, uh, Libby. I want to say uh, Libby just said hi. Miss Flamingo, Martina, Andrea G. I think Andrea G was off the podcast for a little while. But, you know, it's like uh, they say in that movie, Fredo or whoever, you pull, pull Fredo out and then you pull him back in, do the hokey pokey. Uh, or something. Uh, Andre G. KDS, I want to have sorry to hear about your frozen shoulder. Frozen shoulder. That's another, that's a nice phrase to say too. Frozen shoulder. They don't, you wouldn't think those words go together well. The old frozen shoulder. That's so nice to say. I, I mean, that is nice. Probably not nice to have. Thanks, Kate. I mean, Sorry, KDS. I'm glad the podcast is working for you. Thank you for saying thank you, though. I want to say hi to Jay, not just a library, Kathy M. Over on Facebook, Jessica F., uh, Tracy B., Joel R., CSNNEG. I don't know. Maybe that stands for Cassandra? I don't know. Megan E. And then I got I got to call in a um uh a MVP for something that's tickling me pink lately. Laura B, Laura's got a bunch of other, uh, but Laura she's been interacting with other listeners on the Facebook, and I know some other people are doing that, and that just really makes my eyes almost water, because I want you guys to start forming friendships with each other, and interacting. Because, you know, I'm reliable on doing the podcast, but as far as, like, at my time, I wish I had so much more time to say, hey, you know, I saw Chevy was talking, and you know, Laura, and, and, and you guys were talking about uh, chicks and peeps last week, and this week talking about people being out of town just now today. So that's touching to me that you may, this could form into a real community where you guys are, instead of just... You know, I'll be the boring guy, but then you guys can say, hey, I, you know, I can help you out. I live in Tennessee. I have a million dollars. Why don't I give you 250000 And then you may say, whoa, whoa, why don't we give it all to the podcast guy? I say, well, no, no, he wouldn't. You know, let's keep it in the community. And I'd say, gosh, bless you guys. But really, I, I want to see, I mean, I've seen it on Reddit, uh, you know, like you talked about. But, you know, seeing it on Facebook, seeing it on Twitter. I want to foster that. Um, again, I'll have to take some um, classes fostering uh, foster. 
Uh, you know, that's always a gimmicky stuff. We say, hey, I got five steps to foster your foster, fostering, foster. You want to know how to foster stuff? We'll foster that right now. Five easy ways for only, you know, $1,999, a fostering five conference. But, you know, I'm working on fostering community. And the best way to do it is say, hey, you guys do it. You guys are doing a good job. Keep up the good work. How about that? Freaking keep up the good work is a multi-pronged initiative now. So thank you, Laura. You're a prong. You're you're a prong in the only good sense of the word. You're the best. You're the you're the best prong. You're the first good prong, I think, in this multi-pronged effort uh, to keep up the good work. You're the prong that is not wrong. I hope you like eating prawns. I guess I'm goofing and goofing around here. All right, let's get on to the show. Okay, guys, it's uh, time for Trending Twitter Tuesday. And uh, I've got Twitter open here. I don't know if it updated or I'm just confused. I cannot. Oh, boy. I closed it. I can't figure I can't figure it out. I can't find. Uh, what do I used to go to? Uh, what do you call that? Um. There was a way to go to what was trending. Now I can't figure that out. That could be a problem. It has an ad at the top, which is trending. But if I click on that, it just goes to the ad. Amazing. People comment on the ads. It won't even just dismiss. It won't even let me dismiss it. Oh, boy. Uh, I'm not trying to make a statement here. I'm just um, hmm, clicking the bird. That doesn't do anything. The alarm clock brings up notifications. The mailbox brings up mail. Oh, there's a mail I haven't checked. That's not good. Find people. Wasn't it, didn't it used to be called Discover? Okay, I'm going to have to pause it. I'll be back. I'm going to have to figure this one out. I'll be right back. All right, well, I couldn't figure it out, I'll be honest with you, but that's all right. In, the, in this room, I have a backup solution already. Uh, these cards, uh, actually, uh, uh, these cards I bought, they were a Kickstarter by uh, John August called the Writer's Emergency Pack, and now they're available on Amazon. So now I, I was going to use them. I, I did use them for another episode, but... but um, I've been meaning to use them, and now I'm going to because uh, Twitter won't give me trends. So I'm going to pause it while I draw some cards of the link. But basically, let me, let me just read off the back of the box because I don't want to mess it up. Uh, this is a quote from the writer emergency. But when your story gets stuck, check. My story didn't even get started, and it's stuck, check. Writer emergency pack has the tools you need. Fix plot holes. Well, plot holes, check. Uh, spice up stock stock characters. Stock characters check. Rethink your themes. Themes no check. Maybe we'll check that. Writer emergency pack gives you the questions that lead to great answers. The pack contains twenty six uh, illustrated idea cards, twenty six detailed cards with helpful suggestions and specific trips to try, specific tips to try, instructions for individual and class use. Plus a bonus story game, Cards Against Normality. And those the, uh, um, I got them during the Kickstarter, but now they're available on Amazon, so I'll have the link. Personal hero John August is one of the people. Uh, he, he was the person behind this, and I'm not sure. I'll, I'll make sure whoever else was involved gets credit. But, yeah, uh, let me make sure what order my decks in. They're beautiful. Beautiful playing cards. They have awesome drawings on there. And last time, um, yeah, well, well, let's not live in the past. Let's live in the present. All right, so I'll be right back. I'm going to draw four cards. And I'll probably have to email them to get permission to use pictures of the cards. And it'll be, I don't want to have to email because I'm embarrassed. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, because, uh, you know, I have John and Craig or, yeah, I just, that'd be, that'd be, I see I'm, I can't even speak with the anticipation of either one of them listening to this. But, you know, sometimes you got to grow up. Like I said, I'm, you know, we can't be a boy, man. 
maybe I'll be a, a tween man. Time for me to become a tween man and uh, start acting like a tween instead of a boy. <laughs> Let me just draw these cards. I'm sorry. All right, so I drew the cards, and I'm going to shuffle the four cards. I did look at them, but I'm not going to tell you guys what the cards were. I'll probably put them in the show notes maybe, but then you would see it. Before. Well, you won't. Something. I don't know. And uh, I, I guess in tradition is uh, so the episode I originally used the uh, writer emergency cards for was uh, my life with a perm episode. And uh, so I guess it, you know, it was a good time to recheck in because I think that was New Year's. Either before it was at Christmas, New Year's. It was right, it was right around. Oh, yeah, because I was thinking about like New Year's regrets. Anybody new to the podcast, it's like I have, um, you can listen to the first episode, but I have incredibly straight hair. Scientifically, my hair could be either con- compared to two things. Neither of which is on a human being. One would be vegetable, would be corn silk, which is pretty, or the other would be animal, animal fur, probably dog fur. My hair is very fine and very thin and extremely straight. I mean, crazy straight. And that's it. It doesn't like, uh, it'll get a cow leg or it'll get tamped down, but it won't be styled. It won't be stylish. And uh, corn silk, I guess, and, and I guess it's, I don't know if it's thinning now. I can't tell because my hair has always been so thin. Like I've, like, I've looked like I've been on the verge of going bald. Uh, probably, like I said, since I was a bit, but never actually, like, I'm like, is it making, like, it, it, I'll probably be, if I am balding, like, and I think maybe I'm like, am I losing some hair? I can't tell. I mean, it's tough to be honest with yourself about, yourself about that stuff anyway. I think my forehead's growing, but that could not be, that might not be related to my hair because I heard that like brain shrinkage could cause forehead growth. I think I read that on a, um, a sticker on the bus one time, but, but anyway, what was my point? Oh, yeah, but, like, I'm balding at, the like, the slowest. If I'm losing my hair, it's like they'll be like, well, that was the slowest. It, instead of losing hair, your hair just became thinner uh, or something. I don't know. But anyway, the reason this is called, uh, this is the second in the series of my life with a perm is that uh, there was this Italian barber, and he said, hey, why don't you grow your hair out and I'll, hey, you know, why don't you grow your hair out and I'll perm it? And he had a perm. This was in the 80s or the 90s, probably 90, maybe. I don't know. And he, I said, and I for a second foolishly considered it, uh, probably. But, but you know, which would, I mean, so I like to wonder what my life would be like as a perm. Now, that's one, so let's start to, you know, you know, you know take yourself in your grasp on everything you know about me and and, 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 and then add a, add some curls to it, you know. You know, the, sto- the world of the story, as you start to see me first today with my normal fur-like corn silk hair, sure, you know, I get it buzzed because that's the only style. Yeah, you know, well, especially since my with the growth of my forehead and um and all that. But anyway, um, you know, standing in my backyard, I was looking today. I was looking out at the sky. There was a strange. Uh, it wasn't strange. It was a normal cloud pattern, but not for a Bay Area like those uh those clouds that look like just a white paintbrush skidded across the sky against the blue sky, and I was feeling peaceful until this squawk came, kind of like a, you know, one of those squeaky horns, the bulbous horn that people would use, clowns use to annoy people, or people on a bike use to annoy people. The only non-annoying use might be the similar sound from an old-fashioned car. But that one, it's not as, but that sound flashed in my ear, and then I saw it across the sky, Canadian goose. 
But then I said, whoa, it's one goose. I was waiting for a whole flock of these geese, and it was just one guy, guy or girl, gal, uh, geese flying across the sky. And then I suddenly noticed that, the, you know, that instead of uh, being the cloud being in the sky, it was wrapping around me, and I knew I was crossing over into a world where where my hair would be permed out, where they wrapped in a dream, and suddenly things re refocus. You feel the the I feel the spring. You feel ah, this is a dreamy, but it's springy. And as things lose focus, they regain focus. Clearest focus you've ever had in your life. You stand there with me. I've got my stental pad. I'm dearest scooter. I'm on the beat. You know, you've known me for years. You've read me for years. It's 20 on six. And the time has come. You know, I've, I've spent years with my blog, uh, uh, Oakland Manifesto, I called it. Stand, you know, speaking out for the rights of those who had no rights, for the people pushed around by the politics and the and the, the people, the peas, the nimbies, both of the empowered and powerless and the powerful. You know, my my blog loved didn't break any stories. You see. But it it was like uh, if there was a bubbling cauldron of. Uh, of things in the city that weren't exposed. My cauldron was the ground underneath. My, 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 my blog, well, actually, I never got around to that blog, but I'm, I'm, I'm you can call me Scoot, not, not dear Scooter. I'm Scoot, and I'm, I've been uh, investigating investigations. I've been, I've been investigating investigations and, and uh, uh, trying to uncover the things that were covered up for so long, but you know that recently, well, you you don't know because no one reads my blog, and I, 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 I'm 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 tired. I'm tired of raging against the machine, of of, of raging against everything. When no nobody listens to me, nobody respects me. Nobody nobody even knows who I am. And I tell you, I've had it up to here. You know, all I wanted to do was, uh, you know, earn fame as a result of being, exposing the things that wanted to be exposed, didn't want to be exposed, and making salient thoughts and saying, hey, take this pothole and fill it and then shove it, or, or shove it if you don't fill it. Or something like that, but I'm tired of writing the stories that don't get read. And uh, today I decided to start, uh, stop writing. As a matter of fact, I haven't got around to write, writing any of the stories, the last stories I started, but I didn't finish writing. So instead of writing stories, I decided to make a story to be a story, to be somebody. And there's something different about me today, you know, other than my name's Scoot. And I think to myself, maybe I should have called myself Scoop if I was going to, maybe I would have written more then, maybe I would have exposed. But those days are gone because today starts right now. And I run my hand through my hair and it gets, it doesn't even, I can't even run it all the way through because it's thick and it's curly and it's springy and it's full. It's it's silky, smooth, and it, it doesn't match the rest of my rest of me. It's shocking to look at, but hypnotic. And I say to myself, "This hair, I love it." And then I press on it with pressing on it with my hand against my head. Like wow, I wonder if this is like what the Brady's felt. And I say, "Shake out of it, man. Today's today's the action day." And then I shake the curls, and then I say, well, I bet you would feel good to, uh, and I get my head wet, and then I shake the curls, and that feels even better. I say, wow, let's conquer the world, Oakland, California, a city I, I live in, 220-06, a city, 9451, 
one nine four five one two other five ten area code population uh, two two hundred thousand plus but but this is, this is a day that will never be the same because I'm because I've decided that you know I won't wait for fame I won't uh, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I don't know what no means anymore. It's on. I'm flipping. Uh, I'm flipping it no on. I'm saying no to no. I'm, I'm turning it on. I'm doing something today. I'm going to be mayor of this city. And maybe a lot of people will laugh and say, "What? What?" They may probably still laughing. Why would you be a reporter and call yourself Scoot instead of Scoop? What a buffoon! And now you're going to run. You're going to be mayor Scooter. No, mayor Scoot. I, I said a Scoot. It's scoot. Is that one syllable or two syllables? I say to myself, scoot, scoot. It depends, and I don't care. I walk down. Oh, now Oakland's got himself many fine parks, and I say to myself, "This is where the campaign starts." You might say, "When's the election?" I say, "I don't care," because I'm moving. I'm shaking. I'm shaking. I don't know why. Too much coffee, probably. But I go down the street. I walk down to the park, Lake Merritt Park. I walk around the lake three times. That gets rid of the shaking. And then I say to myself, I look at the park. There's people lounging. There's people smiling. There's people kissing. There's people playing. There's people smoking weed. In fact, there's a lot of people smoking weed. Man, I, I guess that's just an observation. I don't even care. As mayor... I'll take no stance on the smoking of weed. Maybe. I don't know. what what I, I, and, and I'm like, don't get tripped up. You're an action man now. Touch your curls. I say, yes, sir. I'll touch my curls, sir. Who just said that? I don't care. I'm not a man. I'm not a passive man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hacker man. Scoot hacker man. Mayor. His, his, uh, his, his mayorship. I'm going to keep the Oakland A's. I'm going to keep the Golden State Warriors. I'm going to keep the Raiders. And I'm going to pass a law that says if you don't win, you know what, you'll have to eat a lot of hot dogs or something. I don't know. And they say, I got to clear this up because I'm acting crazy. I thought that coffee wore me down so I'd be able to think clearly. Then it's you hear it shake your head. And I hear it again, shake your head, and as I'm shaking my head, I'm looking out at this beautiful lake, the heart of the city. I think it's the first uh, bird sanctuary or something. It's a, It might be a drainage basin, but I can't be sure it's an estu- attached to the estuary or close to the estuary. I don't know. And I take a couple breaths. I step onto the grass, and that's when I notice something on my shoes. Uh, they're, technically, they're sneakers. Technically, they're old sneakers, but now they've got some stuff on there. Green stuff. What the hell is this shit? I look down, I see it as it's, it looks like little rolled-up cigars everywhere. And I think to myself, this good gravy. This is this bird, bird do. And that's when I hear the sound, the squawking, a honking sound of uh, of Canadian geese. And I, have, I look around and everywhere people are moving their blankets or trying to eat chips and a bird is bothering them. They, the birds hiss at me. I say, who the hell are you hissing at, man? And I shake my curls and the bird runs. I say, man, these people, they don't have curls. And I see, but it's everywhere, the bird poop, the birds are, and I see them muscling around other birds, walking around like they own the place, and they're big. Then my mind starts to flash places I've been, Bay Area, New York State, Los Angeles, other, other places I may have been recently, I don't know. Like strands of a curl in my head. These strands of poop are everywhere. And I say to myself, wow, this this is it. This is my issue. Canadian geese, we get, where the hell, 
What month is it? I think to myself, are they here for the winter? Wait a second, it's not, uh, I've seen them every 12 months of the year. And I say to a bird, when the hell are you going back to Canada, bird? And the bird looks at me and it honks and then it hisses and hisses again. And that's it, I'm a changed man. I, I take those curls and I take my time and I, I go from being a joker the last 20 minutes of trying to inform you. And I say to, these, I say to a couple of people, I say, are you sick of these birds too? And they say, yeah, and I say to myself, okay, this is it, this is it. These people need my help. These Canadians, they need to take these geese back. Now, I know I know the way things work. I know this isn't going to be easy. You can't please everybody. Like Lincoln said, something like you can please some people some days and other people other days. But don't try to please Mrs. Lincoln on you know something that I don't remember. But time begins to pass, it speeds up in this story, and I become more competent. Maybe not in relaying the story, but in getting signatures, in refining my message. Get the geese out of Oakland. Elect me mayor. And, and people say, wow, is this, a, is this a guy for real? Is this some sort of spoof campaign? But suddenly people, they can't tell. When they meet me, they say, are you serious? Or is this a metaphor? Or are you insane? And I laugh and I shake my curls and they stare. And I start to carry around a bottle of water every once in a while so that if a camera's on me, there's, you know, the curls as I shake them. They catch the glint of the sun if there's sun to be had. And I refine my message further and further. I say, I don't want to hurt these geese. I don't want to, it's not natural for any of us. It's not good for anyone. And I meet with people, I meet with the NIMBYs, not in my backyard. I meet with the Nopes, not on planet Earth. I meet with the people that love birds. I meet with a contingent of people that hate birds. I meet with Canadians. I meet with Canadian bird lovers. I meet with birders. I meet with people that work on girders that get a slip on bird poop. I meet with budgeters. I say, how much is this costing? I meet with everything. You know, the whole while I'm out front, I'm shaking, I'm pressing the flesh, and they call me the bird man of Oaksterdam. And I don't even think I earned the title. Hey, people are, women are asking for your phone number. People are suddenly taking you serious Something like serious, but they're on the Today Show. Terry Gross calls you. For oh no, is uh, David Dean Cooley? But close enough, and, and you start to feel like somebody, somebody almost important. And you may keep frame. You say, "Wow, I'm doing a good, good. I'm staying on message, message. These geese aren't. For, you know, these geese don't belong here. They're not from here." You know, if we could joke about it, Canadians take your geese back. <laughs> but in some sense, we're serious. What, what? This is a symbol of a greater problem. And then you say, whoa, 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 no. Let's just concentrate on getting the geese out of Oakland. The Canadian geese. You know, let's make sure we take care of Oakland's geese. And then people start to say, wait a second, is there some insidious message in here? And you say, oh, no, no, this is just the entrenched interests worrying about their incapability to deal with issues like this. You say it has nothing to do with a deeper symbolism. In fact, uh, you know, the, uh, oh no, is it, you know, and this isn't the metaphor I was reaching for, for real. And then people say, well, yeah, no. And then the people leap to your defense. They say, no, no, because you shake your head, you know, the cameras go, you shake your head. And people say, no, 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 that shit. And I say, yes, this is them trying to drag my name through the mud and say, associate me with some sort of anti-anything. Anti this is not anti-anybody. This is not some symbol. Yeah, we got. We can't be having, you got some sort of group of strange grass growing that came on ships. You got some sort of, this is about animals and vegetables, not about human beings. I'm going to mix up the, you know, I don't know what mixing your metaphors mean, but, and you, you still maintain. People say, I like this guy with his curly hair, and you say, whew, I dodged that one. 
And then it becomes the debates, and you're up against some heavyweights, but you say, wow, there's like 30 people running for mayor here. Only nine of us got invited to the debate to be on TV, and you're one of them. And then the debate starts, and the, you can tell the people have been joking about you. The other, You know, there's a, there's a, you say, there was a clown that ran in Alameda. Why is everybody calling me, you know, acting like I'm some buffoon? And they ask you uh, strange questions, you know, questions about the schools. And then you stay, I mean, you say, well, you know, it's a great question. It's, you know, education is important, but, you know, if we can't get this geese can problem under control, what hope is there for the rest of these issues? And you say, you know, and they say, well, what about this about deficit? Well, yeah, you know how much this is, how much we spend each year cleaning up geese poop. Is how you know how many people would be probably buying that ice cream, paying a little sales tax on that ice cream if there's a clean piece of grass to lay on. You know how you you I don't even want to talk about the money paid out for geese bite lawsuits. And don't get any ideas, people, and they laugh. But then you see it in the back of the audience, someone stands a reporter's with him. It's a man with curly hair. Man named Frank Sizzle, and you say, "Oh God, no!" And he says, "That baby say, what is it? Meaning, is your hair really curly?" Is the reporter next up Sizzle asks you, and you say, "Right now it is," and you shake your hair. People gasp almost when they when you shake it. And he said, well, I have this man. And you say, I say, are you speaking for the entrenched, entrenched interest? Is it entrenched, entrenched, entrenched interest? Uh, what does this have to do with it? The moderator raises his hand and hell, you go silent. You go over to the leading candidates. They got smug looks on their face. And Frank, he stands up. He says, that's not this man. That's not his real hair. And I say, it is my real hair. And he says, I gave this man a permanent in 1990-something. And the reporter says, can you clarify what a permanent is? A perm, permanent curling of the hair. And then, boom, it starts downhill from there. Everybody's at, why would you curl your hair? What are you trying to hide? Then it leaks out the right. You started with the little kids. When your hair first got permed, the ice cream overdoses you caused when the kids ran rampant. But that's nothing compared to the jokes and the pictures leak out, the pictures of your, shirt, your, 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 your super straight hair. And the side-by-side pictures and everyone has a good laugh and they say, well, which looks more foolish, too straight or And the people, I, I knew there was something weird about that guy. I never kissed him, you know, all those kind of things. And suddenly you go from being the most popular man to the most uh, man chuckled at man. I don't know if there's a term for that. You know, not, not loathed, but not pitied either. Something more like, thank God, I guess the man, you thank God you're not him. And you say, wow, you know, is this how, you know, just how you'll distract us from the geese issue? And you wonder who was that found Frank? You know, was it the, it couldn't have been the Canadians. They don't want those geese. Well, I guess they don't want that. We I wasn't even, that wasn't an option, returning the geese to Canada. That was only a joke. And there's no geese poop pickers union that could be against me. Just these politicians, why, why, why would you? And you, you say, well, I got to track Frank down. He couldn't have got out of town that fast. You know, I became a laughing stock of town and only, you know, what was it, eight minutes that just went by? That's about how long it took. And then, and then you realize, well, maybe probably staying at the Marriott in downtown Oakland makes the most sense since it's the main downtown Oakland hotel. And you go to the front desk and you put on some sunglasses and that's, but they still laugh at you. And they're laughing at you even harder. And I say, they, the one young man at the desk, he tries. He says, well, sir, can I? And every time then he just shakes his head and turns away to laugh. No, sir, can I? And he turns his head to laugh, and everyone's laughing. And there's pretty, 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 pretty people and, and cool-looking people. And people, is, oh, it hurts.
But you say, you know what, as a matter of fact, sir, you can't help me because I'm d- done with this permanent. I made, I made my pact with the devil of, of uh, curls or whatever, you know. It's not like he's curls. And you try not to cry because you say, well, what am I going to do? Go back to what are my options? But you say, I'm, I'm looking for my, my hairdresser. To, to see if what he could do about, about maybe giving me a wavy thing. He said it would go. He promised me. And you remember, he said, I forgot this all along. He did promise. He said, well, at one point, it won't stay tight curls forever, but it did. And you said, I demand to see Frank Zizzo. And you pound on the desk, and you see, they, they say, you see, I need, you know, I need to fix this perm without it smelling strange. And, well, you know, I don't have a swimming pool to deal with, so I won't. But I'd like to actually get do that and turn my hair green to see if that rumor's true. But for now, I'll just take his room. And the guy, he says he can't his hotel, but, but then you see him make eye contact over your left shoulder. And you turn so fast, your curls strike him in his face, and you say, Good. Taste my curls. And he actually probably did taste them. And it was like, well, probably, what was that, uh, lemongrass in there? wasn't not a bad taste. But then you're like, wait, I did taste that shampoo. It didn't taste of lemongrass. But then you said that out loud, and now they're laughing, and now the news is running. He's a shampoo eater. But you say, whatever. And then you see Frank, and you run after him. You know, down this, you know those sides of a hotel that, have windows and couches. You never know what they're for. You rarely see. Sometimes you see people there, but rarely. And you say, sit down, Frank. We need to talk. And he says, about what? And you say, about these fucking curls, asshole. Why? You know, why? Why'd you do this to me? Why, why'd you come here? How, what, you, you live in upstate New York. This is Oakland, California. How? Who tracked you down? When? Why? And he says, he turns... He turns uh, ghost white, and he says, I can't tell you anything. And and you think to yourself, why the hell would anyone fly out of a barber from Syracuse, New York? Well, technically a suburb of Syracuse, New York, to ruin me, just over this whole geese poop. And then Frank, he he laughs with madness, and he says, why are you laughing with madness? And he says, those curls don't fit your bone structure. They were right. And then you say, they were right. You were the one. And you're right there, right on the edge of breaking down. But you stamp your foot down. And, And luckily, hotels have way too many mirrors, especially when they have way too many couches with sad tables and Lamps that don't get used in mirrors. Maybe they get used, maybe they don't, but this mirror, you turn, you look at yourself, and you say to yourself, you know what looks ridiculous? A park. Supposed to be covered like one of those pointillism, point, what are those called? Remember those paintings, uh, Surat or whatever? Pointillistic or whatever. You love parks full of people. Nice parks full of people. Point, pointillism or whatever the hell it's called. And there's parks everywhere, and they're full of freaking geese and geese crap. And a child can't even, you know, chase after, a, uh, you know, some, you know, terrifying animal without a geese hitting at it in a park anymore, hissing at it. And you say to yourself, what the Frank, and he's gone. But you just can't get it around your head, and you say, who the hell broke against me? And then, and then you look up, and you see... Well, about 20 feet away down the you know, side of the hotel, Wilford fucking Brimley staring at you, laughing that evil. You say, 20 out six, I don't care. It was Wilford Brimley. He's laughing at you. And you run up to him and you say, wait, I never, I didn't think you actually wore a seersucker suit and a, a straw cat, a hat. And he, he he says something about country time lemonade, just to, just to take the dagger and twist it. 
He's so pleased with himself he can't get out of sentence either, but he's laughing. You say, wow, Brimley, you have a lovely laugh even when it's at my expense. And you say, you say, you say to him, what, what, what the hell? What, what, what the hell do you have to do with this? Why'd you destroy? What, what, what kind of, who do you work for? Is it the firm? Is that, or is it, is that real? You, you were too good at that of being an evil jerk. And uh, I can't even remember, and he, he, he just chuckles. And you say to him, you know, you're supposed to play a pleasantly grandfather figure except for that one villain, like, like I said, from the firm, you're supposed to be nice. And he said, and I say, who do you work for? You know, and I list every every secret organization, NGO, MGO, NBA, FBI, CIA, NSA, you know, every secret society, and he just chuckles. And you say, is this personal? Where, where, where does this, what, what secret group? And then you see it out of the corner of your eye. Oh, you say to yourself, who the hell is that? You say, wait a second. You start to have a flashback from right around when you got this perm. You say, oh, God, no. That's the mother from a show that Wilford Brimley was on, Deirdre something, Deirdre Hall or Deirdre Gray, I don't know. And you say, what the hell is this? Some sort of 80s, 80s family. Was that a drama you were on or a comedy? I can't remember. It was too wholesome for my taste. And that's when Brimley grabs you. He says, that's right. And then you say, what? And he says, you think you're so funny because you've just been owned by the secret society of our house. And I say, what? And then he drags you into a room and he throws you in. And they say, what is this? He says, a conference room, you fool. And I say, Brimley, you rented a conference room? As part of a plot to destroy me, he says, exactly. And you look around, and there's the mother from the show and the son from the show, Chad, something. You're like, are you Chad Gray? Are you Deirdre? And they throw cold water. They say, yeah, it's just like you. And then you, 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 you confuse, so confused. You're like, you think you see other characters from the show, but you're not sure. But mostly it's just those three. And Brimley says, have a seat, son. And they say, that's like what, what that was like from the firm. He says, I, uh, he said, there's nothing firm here except your firm fall from grace, goose boy. And then Chad, whatever his name is, you say, man, I can't think of your real name. And I don't remember really. Like I said, I don't, you were such a golden boy. And wait, 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 I don't remember any. And then they get angry. They say, who do and they, I said, was it our house or our town? And then I said, our house is a very, very, very fine house. And then they say, they just get madder and madder. They just get, he just gets mad. But they're all rage. And Brimley says, I want you to listen to something. He pulls out a cassette tape. And he says, you remember this? And you say, no, not really. And it says to, uh, it's written, and you say, that's, wait a second, that's my handwriting. And he puts the tape in a, a, a portable boombox, and he start, he gets ready to play. He says, well, Christmas, uh, some year, you don't even, you weren't even, you, you weren't listening, because you were still looking to say, man, that guy looks good in a seersucker suit. And he looks like the same as he did on that stupid show. And then I go like, oh boy, I said that one out loud. And then you say, well, well, well we're saying everything. You say, My, whatever, I never understood why you would uh, make your hair blonde if you're not going to deal with the roots, my dear. And she stares at you, the actress, or the character. You Now you're so confused. And then Brimley presses play. And you hear your voice. He says, yeah. Remember this? Hey, you remember you must have got a tape recorder for Christmas and you thought you were funny. And you listen to yourself reenact uh, scenes from the TV show as a young boy in your room. And uh, it's not boring like this podcast is supposed to be. In some sense, it's uh, 
uh, mean-spirited, but not cruel. You're too young to be cruel, probably. He said, was this our first run or, uh, or on uh, reruns? Does your show make it to syndication? And Brimley says, silence. Listen to the tape, and you make fun of all three of those characters and many more. You know, we, we do a Wilford a terrible Wilford Brimley imitation. But somehow you get down the essence. And the tape plays for hours, even with commercials about how, you know, Wilford Brimley wears adult diapers or Chad, uh, whatever his name is, uh, you know, needs a double dose of gas X. But the tape plays for hours, but we don't need to listen to the tape because we have fast-forward to the aftermath. You know, years went by, years went by, years enough to, to, for me to be here to tell you this tale in the present day. You know, there was never an answer at the end of that. They never told me, well, I guess the I guess why I was there, but what, what the hell were they trying to do? Why, why, you know, why of them pure vengeance? None of it ever made any sense to you, totally. And then you said, well, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just, a, you know, maybe that, they were just trying to teach me a lesson, but it didn't. You said, oh, no, there's some piece missing. But then you forgot about you drowned your problems in, uh, you know, hair, 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 water in your hair. You never forget. You, you, well, you did start. You forgot about that whole instinct. You said, "Well," and you knew this would have made him mad. You said, "Well, it was a forgettable show. It was a forgettable vengeance thing. Maybe you had a forgettable way, way to enact revenge, but you, you had to move on. You had to forget." And then you said, "Well, it's a strange." And years later, you began to wonder, "Well, why?" It, uh, but you, at some point you let that slip deep into your subconscious, the whole thing you tried to forget about. You know, thing, things didn't go well after that. Even though you tried to forget, you couldn't figure out exactly why. You couldn't get an answer. For a long time you said, Is it the, was I the one that sent that tape in? or what, what, How the hell did Brimley get that tape? And, and how how the hell did uh why did why the hell was Frank Zizzo there the guy that gave me this perm you you know, you went down a path of forgetting and that didn't go well either and your life fell apart but then you you, you started to build yourself back up you got yourself back on the straight and narrow path instead of trying to chase uh, you know breaking news or conspiracy theories or canadian geese or drink too much canadian club you uh, you sat down you started to work on something you started working on ideas you started to follow through on things you started to reembrace your curls and say i don't care this perm's not going anywhere it's permanent it's the most permanent perm in the history of perms. It's permanent. Curls go all the way inside and they curl around me somehow. And eventually people stop laughing at you in Oakland because you stop going there mostly except when you have, you know, except for, you know, when you had to go there and the therapist who still would giggle at first, but then, he, you know, okay, I can, I'm ready now. You kept getting better and better at uh, writing something. You dedicated yourself to one genre. It wasn't the hot shoe genre, the case-cracking genre. It was something, something that was burning inside you, burning to be written a story that now you needed to tell, a story... You had a hot, hot passion for, rage and passion for, which was wholesome family drama. And the year now is now, now, 2014, 2015. And you remember those nights in 2014 when it all changed, when you were doing a one-man play called Our House. You were playing all the roles, Wilford Brimley, 
the mom and a teenage boy. And you said, wow, I, I enjoy dressing as a woman and as Wilford Brimley and as a teen boy and various other characters. And it was part parody and part serious. In fact, it was so unwholesome. It made the wholesome part so much more underlying with all the sexual innuendos and, and horrible inside jokes and, and disgusting things you said. You said, wait a second, this is a bit like that tape, but different. And then, because you know, it has a more, uh, I guess, a lower level of humor than a, than a, than a, than a tween boy, more of a teenage boy. But anyway, people liked it. You, you took the show to places where people didn't know your perm was not a, well, they knew probably it was a, they said, wow. Yeah, I must be an artist with that strange haircut. And, you know, he, he's one of those method actors. Place called Los Angeles. Well, I technically he was, in, you know, not in Los Angeles because you couldn't afford to get a room, rent a room, rent a, a room to put on the show. But you found a spot. Something about your portrayal of these characters caught the eye somebody with one of those streaming services and they said wow that's sick and perverted man but I, I work for a, what, a greeting card company they just signed a deal with a streaming internet company for delivering content and we're looking for wholesome properties as a matter of fact I just got off the phone with one you know guy that owns the rights to this show and he's in the restroom right now and you were like bracing for Chad, it was Chad Allen, maybe, or Wilford Brimley, or, or Denise Hall, or whatever the lovely actress was that played that also got vengeance on you. But, but it was just an older woman, and she had the rights to that TV property. And they come and they said, We want you to write this for, you know, a combination of a conglomerations of our companies. Wholesome, though. You know, keep the wholesome parts, lose the dirty parts, but, you know, subtextually put them in, you know, so people who can get, you know, you can still talk about the sex, but you got to talk about it like, you know, dishes or some such thing, you know, sports or whatever. And I said, I got you. Is this another joke to destroy me from Wilford? Wilford Brimley's no longer with us, correct? And they looked at each other and laughed and they said, we have no idea. And I said, was he mean to you too, too? And she says, uh, I cannot discuss that because this is, a, you know, a fiction inside of a dream, sir. And anything bad said about him would only be imaginary. And I said, oh, bummer, this is a dream. And she said, no, I, I was just staring at curls so long I thought I was in a dream, but the rest of this is real. We are going to sign you to a minimum contract to make, uh, remake a pilot version of a show that was moderately successful a long time ago. And you are the man possibly to do it, even though you're dressed like a woman right now. And I said, no, I'm dressed as Wilford Brimley, dressed as a woman. Method acting, ma'am. And then I just laughed because my method was madness. And then, as the ultimate, I wrote a pilot. I wrote it, and I wrote it good, but you know what I did? I took my love of Wilford Brimley, which, despite his vengeance, was originally appreciation, something slightly milder than appreciation before his vengeance. And then the mild appreciation went to... Uh, Something when I saw him in the, the, the firm, where I was like, wow, that was Wilford Brimley. And then you fall on missing of him after that. And then, you know, a loathing beyond loathing after his vengeance. But then I had the ultimate vengeance for the, the, the story or the plot. Started out with Wilford Brimley late to pick up the kids from school. Slips on a patch of Canadian geese pooping falls down and bumps his bum, breaking the pocket watch that meant so much to him, a family heirloom, destroying it. 
And for the rest of the episode, Wilfred Brimley's character, whose name you know you'd have to see, undertakes a effort to run for mayor of his town, to rid his town of Canadian geese. And that desire divides his family into warring factions. And not just pro or against, but every viewpoint you could possibly imagine around ridding a town of Canadian geese. And I mine it for every overused metaphor you could use Canadian geese for and bury it in the mouths of people pretending they're talking about geese when they're talking about horribly unwholesome things. And it pushes Wilford Brimley so far that it brings him back and teaches him so many life lessons that it makes him appreciate the wholesome things in life and wants to keep his family close and know what's important. Family. In our house, it's not a watch. It's not geese. It's not geese poop. It's not vengeance. And it's not a curls of a perm, permanent perm. It's our house. Staying together. Whoever we may be, a family... In an age when nuclear families still were nuclear. And then her grandfather, being the alpha male of the house, may have been terribly confusing to enrage a boy to send a tape to Wilford Brimley full of anger. But now who's laughing as I puff my curls and I say goodnight and I'm uh, sorry for uh, this strange journey I've taken you on and I, I hope... If you don't know who Wilford Brimley is, one day you'll say, well, I, I could appreciate that man. I could see a grandfatherly wisdom in him looking over me, making sure I'm sleeping good, making sure I'm rested. He doesn't seem like the vengeful sort of the kind of man you'd want to sit on a porch with and have some lemonade, maybe real lemonade. Maybe say, let's take some time in the country. Let's drink some lemonade and make peace. That's my pitch to you, Mr. Brimley, out there in the universe somewhere. As I count my stacks of money made. Well, maybe to be made. Rebooting a show you were once on that I don't even barely. But I'm going to take the wholesomeness in the brim of your cap. And say, I knew a Brimley and wearing a brimmed cap all the time was on purpose, sir. And I salute you for a good night.